0: So here, Jesus is uh, continuing um, to talk about what it what it looks like uh, to truly fulfill the law um, and we have our next examples we've looked last week at um, how simply not murdering people is not fulfilling the law and um, that we need to take a look and see um, how we're dealing with the anger in our hearts. Um, and uh, Jesus makes a, a similar comparison here um, in these verses um, that follow. Um, using a, a similar formula, he says, you have heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So here Jesus is um, looking at uh, adultery in the same way that he has uh, just previously explained the idea of murder that there would have been plenty of people listening who had said well I have not um, killed anyone so I have fulfilled <gasps> this commandment plenty of people who would say I have not uh, slept with the spouse of another person so um, I don't have to worry I have fulfilled um, law about adultery. And so Jesus has already shown us in the, in the first example that, right, the, the end result or the, the last action, it's not the beginning of our problem, it's not the root of our problem. We can um, uh, be In danger of or um, flat-out not fulfilling um, these instructions, um, even if we don't carry anything out physically at all. That um, just as um, uh, harboring and uh, sitting with and uh, giving into the anger that we feel, um, even in our heart, um, is the same issue as um, actually murdering. It's what leads to murder. Um, we can commit, as Jesus says, adultery in our hearts. And so all of these people that would say, well, I have um, not slept with someone else's wife or... Um, you know, this divorce was um, okay in terms of how I went about it in how it was described in the law of Moses. So by me sleeping with someone else now that I've married them or taken them in, uh, that's not adultery. Jesus says, no, all, all of this is much more serious than that. And it's much more about what is going on in our hearts, um, and so, uh, what what Jesus is getting at is um, for for us, um, we can be um, in the the same place, and and we can um, uh, think that um, we need to take care of those, those things outside of us. But what um, he's really getting at is that. Um, just as in our, our previous section, that new hearts um, is what he's after, not new rules. Because it would be very easy for us um, to turn uh, guidelines or guardrails that we put into place um, to to keep us from... Uh, falling into different sins um, to turn them into new rules that we have to keep or burdens that we place on others um, rather than focusing on becoming people um, who can be pure in any situation. Uh, right, so... So Jesus begins um, both paragraphs by um, uh, giving a command that the people knew about, either um, how to go about divorce, um, in terms of making sure that it's legal and they have a certificate, or um, that you're not supposed to commit adultery. And then he gets below that and um, right for for lust. He says that lustful looking is equated to physical adultery. And as we said, it's the same as as the anger-murder comparison. And for for divorce, he's saying that just because something is legal doesn't mean that it's ideal. That um, he talks later, right, in Matthew 19, that uh, Moses put this... um, in place because of the hardness of your hearts when they're asking about, hey, so what's the what's the right um school of thought when it comes to how you should go about divorce, when is divorce okay? And Jesus was like, Divorce isn't okay but I know that people are messed up and their hearts are hard and so there needed to be a way for people who were um being harmed to be able to uh, get out of that harm or for people who had um, been abandoned to legally um, recognize that abandonment or harm. Um, So ultimately it all comes back uh, to our hearts. um, That it's adultery in our heart that Jesus is getting at, that it's the hardness of hearts when it comes to divorce being a thing, and that, as we've been talking about, fulfilling of the law um, happens when we have a new heart, and that's something that Scripture um, has been clear about all throughout. Even if you, you go back... Um, you go back to, to Numbers eleven and and, uh, Moses is getting worn out and so, uh, God says I'm gonna give you seventy people, um, leaders who they're also gonna be able to to prophesy, and so at the end of end of the the section these other two people are are prophesying and, and somebody comes to Moses and they're like. Man, like they're they're getting to talk for God and 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 now you're not the only one talking for God and. And Moses says, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord was put his spirit on them. So if you had been reading through even the books of the Torah, Moses's story, the one who was given the opportunity to give the law to the people through God, um, he recognized that, man, it would be great if everybody was in this position, that everybody had the opportunity um, to have a, a new heart. And that's right, what the promise of God was for his people when they were um, in exile and in Ezekiel 36, um, talking about bringing the people um, who are the remnant back. Um, God says, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And Jeremiah similarly says that, um, talking about um, the exiles, that God says, I will give them the desire to acknowledge that I am the Lord. I will be their God. They will be my people and they will wholeheartedly return to me. All right, we know from the, the story of um, Samuel going uh, to Jesse's house and looking at all of David's brothers and thinking, oh, this guy or this guy, and the Lord telling him, no, no, I'm looking at the heart. And that's always been where God is looking, and that's always been what he's desired um, newness of life to come from. And so it's all connected um, to our hearts. Um, And so whatever the case, we can make rules to keep us from temptation, to keep us uh, from situations um, that would bring us temptation, and those are not bad things. But, but the point isn't that um, we um, remove everything that could um. possibly tempt us but the point is to become the type of people that can be in a situation and look around and look without lusting right you look through the gospels and Jesus was alone in conversations with the woman at the well he ate with sinners and prostitutes. He touched lepers, didn't care that it might have made him unclean. In all those situations, Jesus remained pure. He had a woman washing his feet, and everyone was like, what are you doing? And in, in that situation, Jesus was completely fine. So we could, right, just as at the base level, say, okay, here, here are people that didn't commit adultery, you know? And that's, if, if all you all you do is, is view it in the physical sense, that's achievable, um, right? And it'd be very achievable if you just said, I will lock myself in my room. Nobody can get in here. But what does that do for our heart? It doesn't do anything. And so Jesus, Jesus is getting at, hey, you can, you can cut out like um, your eye or your hand or whatever and, and throw it away because it, it'd be better for you if, that, if it was possible. If you could cut off everything and, and keep, keep this law, that'd be great. But if you can commit adultery in your heart, As serious as this is, if you cut off your hands, if you cut off your legs so you can't go anywhere, if you cut out your eyes so you can't see anything, if you you have cultivated in your heart, in your life, a certain pattern of thinking, of believing, of considering um, others as Objects to fulfill your desire, um, whatever that is, um, cutting off those things isn't actually what you need. You need a new heart. You need to cut out your heart, and we can't do that on our own. But as we enter um, the kingdom life, as we enter through repentance, we have the opportunity. Um, in new life with new hearts being born again to walk in fulfillment of the law because we are walking um, with our Lord who has done it for us just like anger though the the problem isn't that um, we're in this position where we are confronted with anger in our life it's then we give in to anger and use it wrongly um, right everyone is going to be tempted it's not a sin to be tempted it's when we give in to that temptation and when we even as the passage says um, you look for with the purpose of lusting so this is a person who says yeah I haven't committed adultery but I'm Going and I'm purposely considering bringing a pattern of sin into my thought, I'm going and doing that. And obviously that is not the pattern of how we um, ought to view um, those who are fellow image bearers, how we ought to view one another. Um... But we see even in our, our own, uh, our own time, uh, and uh, Christian culture here that we either grew up in, or after, or around. Um, right, we had this whole um, uh, era, maybe it's still hanging on in some areas of purity culture where um, we viewed um, our purity as um, as a uh, commodity that we had to protect, that somehow other people could mess it up when it's coming from the inside. And so we had, um, you know, people who... Um, for for good reasons in their, their own life would say, hey, I need to remove myself from this situation, or I need to make sure that I'm not putting myself um, in a place like this, or um, right, something that um, could even be uh, helpful for one person that turned into uh, everybody kind of did it, like uh, the Billy Graham rule, where Billy Graham um, and a couple other Uh, um, evangelists you know they were traveling around the country and they wanted to make sure that uh, nobody could accuse them of impropriety so they said I'm never going to be alone you know in any kind of situation with a woman who's not my wife Um, and uh, you know other people said hey you know that can that can work for me Um, And not that there are places for, not that there aren't places for rules, but, right, so many people said, oh, well, if I just follow that rule, then that takes care of my heart. And so then, uh, right, you view all of the things that I am... You know, excluding by whatever that rule is, um, whether it's I only do certain type of uh, dating or courtship, or um, you know, I I I I uh, don't know, I don't have experience having uh, friends of the opposite uh, gender or whatever it is because. I need to protect myself, um, and and then we think, okay, well, I've kept those things, so um, my my purity is where it's supposed to be. And Jesus is saying, whatever whatever your rule is, if you're if if you're equating purity with rule keeping, then that's not how the kingdom thinks of purity. That it's where you are in relationship with God and therefore where you can be in relationship with other people. Um... so then we're we're led by Jesus example because this is a serious matter to take to take it seriously just like he talked about man if you're if you're angry with your brother if you say something to your brother or your sister in anger you are in danger of the fire of hell he says if you are here, and giving into the patterns and choosing the patterns of viewing others as the as the answer for your desires that you don't know or don't want to control um, that you think the the only outlet for desire for intimacy is um, sexual, that there can't be desire that leads to friendship, that leads um, to true community in your church family. If the only outlet you see is the same patterns of the world, but just apply it to one person, then you're going to be messed up right if if we say okay well you can you can you can have desire but you just have to have it all on this one person and, and then the way that you're thinking about sexual desire is okay then you see why we run into problems right because i know um, for people of, of my generation, it was like, okay, well, maybe you're struggling with uh, lust or desire, or you're just hormonal, right? So the answer will be, someday you'll you'll have a wife, and then you can just take out everything on her. And do you see how, like, not a person that makes your wife in that description? That, oh, they're just the answer for the sexual desire that you don't know how to control yet that the only reason you really need someone is because you need some kind of desire release sexual release not that um, marriage is uh, a beautiful thing where you can be intimate with another person in a specific way and that it's all connected but that okay, well, if, if you're struggling with, with porn, you just need to, whenever you're struggling, like there are, there are books, um, many books and speakers in Christian circles that are finally getting some pushback in recent years, but that were basically like, hey, anytime that you're struggling with lust, just go have sex with your wife. not like do something with your heart do something with the fact that that's going on change your your pattern of life don't just give in to how the world tells you that you have to um, always have your desire met in a certain way just as you want it or whatever that is but just go 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 treat her as 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 Meeting your needs with, with no consideration for what that does, um, to her, um, uh, in uh, uh, their book, uh, the Great Sex Rescue, um, uh, Sheila Ray Gregoire um, and uh, her daughter and another lady um, they, they they did a a survey of twenty thousand um, Christian women, and so they have all this data and one of the things that um, they were talking about in this is going through all these books and and showing like they're just saying just just transfer whatever you're feeling about um, sex to your wife and they write, you can't defeat porn or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be porn, whatever you're dealing with in terms of your lust by simply having a husband transfer his lust and objectification to a, quote, safe source, his wife. You defeat it by rejecting the kingdom of darkness view of sex that is only about taking and using someone to meet your needs and adopting a kingdom of heaven view of sex about mutual, passionate knowing And sacrificial serving. Our concern is that many Christian books and their efforts to free couples of sexual sin reinforce pornography's view of sex by encouraging men to use their wives' bodies without consideration for their hearts." And so they go through um, the results and they show that um, for many of these teachings that have been in church circles um that are more about rule keeping and not about heart change underneath that the relationships um overall and um the sexual parts of those relationships as well um significantly are worse um in the people that hear those teachings on the regular even if their specific relationship doesn't struggle with it right because if you hear oh well this is the way that um men or women are and you know we can't do anything about it or um you know it's not possible for people to um especially men uh walk in victory over lust, then any time that um, you're uncertain or you're worried or whatever, you're going to go right to the worst thing and you're going to live in anxiety and fear of, is this what everyone is like that I've, you know, I've read this book that says they're all just, you know, horrible people. And um, Jesus says it's possible for us to in the kingdom of heaven view of life we don't have to give in to anger we don't have to give in to lust we don't have to pursue it we don't have to chase after it that there is a different way to live that you can um, be pure and that purity is not from rules but from a new heart. Um, and in her, her book, Why Can't We Be Friends, the subtitle is Avoidance is Not Purity. Um, Amy, Amy Bird points out a couple potential blind spots that we all may deal with. One, that we may confuse attraction with temptation. Second, that we assume we won't be tempted. And third, that you expect marriage to fulfill all of your needs so we confuse attraction with temptation and think right it's easy it can be easy to even look at at this verse here and say oh i looked lustfully and what does that mean and the point here is not that you looked and you found somebody attractive and so now you should go to hell god made lots of people attractive and in different ways and if you notice that somebody has a nice shirt or a cool hairdo or whatever um, maybe that's the beginning of your temptation but it's not something that you have to give into but also if if the only way that you can see people is sexuality first then that is right a sign that something's going on that we need to deal with right if you can't see people as whole people if the only way that you can interact with um, somebody that you could uh, potentially uh, you know uh, do something with um, is that then something's going on Um, and and if you notice um, you don't have to keep looking, right? Um and noticing is not a sin. Um also, right, the the second one is assuming you won't be tempted is that it's totally possible and right that's why we pursue um purity, why we pursue walking in these new ways, rather than living and walking and um ending up in, in situations where um we will will find it um potentially. And finally I think it's it's very easy in our um church culture here which re- revolves around um family and marriage to some extent. Um, to expect marriage to fulfill all your needs and often that we're taught right oh well you have sexual needs now it's okay one day you'll be married and everything will be fine and that's not the case and even if you have right a a good marriage that doesn't mean that you don't need other friendships that you don't need Um, Other people to build into your life that you know you you found a spouse so now you shouldn't you know know any other men or know any other women at all Um, and and imagine what that does to um, your relationship if you expect your marriage to fulfill all your needs how easily that will work the way you view that relationship if If I'm expecting Rachel to meet all of my emotional or relational uh, needs, um, and there comes a point where obviously she can't do that or I can't do that for her, then what kind of um, thought patterns is that going to bring into? our relationship behind the scenes and how we think about one another how we might um resent or look elsewhere in the wrong way or whatever else and so um it's very it's very easy right in saying okay well it's just you just take whatever the world says about sex and put it into marriage and jesus says that's that's not how we go about it that we have new patterns of considering others we have new patterns of being around one another and we have different ways that we look at people we don't look um to lust we look um with the opportunity to um display actual love um and so as we as we consider that um Jesus in, in Mark says that, Listen to me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing outside of a person that can defile him by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles him. Now when Jesus had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, Are you so foolish? Don't you understand that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? For it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and then goes out into the sewer. This means all foods are clean. He says, what comes out of the person defiles him. For from within, out of the human heart, come evil ideas, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, evil, deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, pride, and folly. All of these evils come from within. And defile a person. And James similarly says, No one should say when tempted that God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to to death and so Jesus says here that keeping a rule is not going to change your heart but if you have a new heart if you are living in the kingdom then you're going to fulfill all of the rules that anybody could ever give you, right? When we're able to walk in this new path as walking into living in the kingdom of heaven, then whatever it looks like to treat one another not in anger, we will be able to do whatever it looks like to be around anyone and treat them as a full person, not as an object or um, thing that I can consume and commodify for my desire, I'll be able to do. And all of those rules that other people keep, I wouldn't have any problem keeping them, and I also won't need them because the point isn't to be... A rule-keeper. The point is to be someone who the law is a part of us. Um, we will have new hearts and the Spirit will enable us um, to acknowledge that He is Lord and thereby walk in His ways as He has called us to do. Let's pray. Father, it is very easy for us um, to not view things um, from your perspective. To get partway there and think that we have the answer, um, in in whatever realm that is, to um, just have a slightly more moral version of how the world may see an issue and think that that is good enough. Um, so God, we we come to you recognizing that. Desiring you, desiring your ways, following what you have laid out for us in any area, and in this one especially, is not something that we can do on our own. And it's not something we can accomplish by simply um, making a lot of boundaries. God, we, we pray that in those areas of our lives where um, we recognize the, the need uh, for guidelines and boundaries, that you would give us the wisdom to put them in place and to follow them, but that we would never equate following them to being pure, that we would not equate keeping them um, with righteousness, but that we would continually seek um, for you to renew our hearts, renew our minds, um, to be transformed into the likeness of you, God, so that we would recognize that those. Um, people or situations around us are not the danger, God, but that it's when we fall back into the patterns of sin that we have nurtured in our hearts that we need to watch out for, that we need to cut out. And so we pray that you would help us um, to be ruthless about cutting those things out of our lives, those patterns of thought that we would give into those ways of, of thinking and believing and, and seeing others God that that what is inside of us that you would make new God that is what is inside of us that you would help us to do your will here in our lives as it is in heaven. God, that your spirit would come would renew us and write your law on our hearts God, that we would be yours and recognize that um, because of that we can have um, we can have love that we can have um, forgiveness and reconciliation instead of anger that we can um, have purity and righteousness <coughs> instead of lust instead of um, viewing others as um, obstacles as um, dangers as enemies um, but God that you would renew us so that we are in a place to extend your love and your presence to others and not have to guard ourselves from whatever opportunities to do that may come our way. We are thankful that you are good to us, that you are patient with us, and that you are there to walk with us um, in the valley in the darkness and at the midst of any temptation that you are there and that you provide a way to escape. So we pray that we would walk in your ways and not the ways of darkness that we have known. It's in your name we pray. Amen.